all the challenges you have in life are just the trajectory of everything you need. These parents, this school, this kind of nature, it's all part of what you need because you have a unique destiny and unique challenges in order to be able to meet that destiny. This is Before It's Too Late. I'm your host, Christian Suzanne. Let's learn together what matters most in life. It makes me incredibly happy to have my logotherapy teacher, Batya Yaniki from Israel as today's guest. What she teaches is all about the individual's responsibility to find meaning in life, whatever happens to them. Logotherapy, logo standing for meaning, was developed by Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl, who outlined in his famous book, Man's Search for Meaning, how this spiritual dimension of thinking helped him survive the Holocaust in a concentration camp. In this episode, Batya is talking about how important it is to be consciously creating an attitude of trust towards your own inner voice. Naturally, this is not an easy process, because people tend to lose that trust, blindly following voices outside themselves. You have to make a conscious decision about things, to actively say yes or no, she says. You will hear about the three fundamental ideas of logotherapy. The freedom of will, the will to meaning, and the meaning of life. To me, logotherapy is one of the most powerful spiritual approaches towards human suffering. Because, as Batya quotes Viktor Frankl, there is some kind of value you can squeeze out of any single situation, however bad it is. You will hear from her what it means to know that you are always able to choose and to change once you made a conscious decision about it. Listen to what Batya thinks a world would look like in which all people seeked and found meaning. I can highly recommend to take a deeper look at her learning offerings. The internalization of Logotherapy's principles strongly contributes to your resiliency. Batya Janike, we are proud to have you as today's guest on Before It's Too Late. Hello, Batya. Welcome to Before It's Too Late. Hello, Christian. It's good to be here. I'm so happy to be able to be speaking to you today, Batya. You are my teacher in logotherapy. Logotherapy was developed by a psychiatrist and Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl on a concept based on the premise that the primary motivational force of an individual is to find meaning in life. And since, yeah, and since that is actually what this podcast is all about, and um, also about my personal motivation to find meaning, I'm incredibly happy to be able to speak to you, Batya, about exactly that, how to find meaning in life. Mm -hmm. So when you say you are seeking meaning, what exactly are you looking for? Okay, I love that question. It's actually a question that I ask my students. And I think of it as life is worth living. Uh, you have this joy of life. And when do you have a, a real joy of life? When you have a deep sense of connection to life, that you're here for a reason, 
And as foremost logotherapist today, Elizabeth Lucas says, um, we are a meaningful part of a meaningful whole. When, when you feel that, uh, then, then you just feel like every single minute of your life is meaningful and you don't want to waste uh, your time. Uh, you want to use all of the gifts that you've been given in a good way. Um, you'll be honest with yourself. You'll be at peace inside. You'll have a sense of purpose. So meaning is not a grand meaning of your whole life that you can't really know what it is or something out there that you're looking for. It's, it's feeling that sense of purpose in every moment. Mm, I love that. Can it become more meaningful, <laughs> what you just said? So, Batya, let's talk about your personal journey to meaning. What made you look for these existential things in the first place? So there are a couple of things. One has to do with my personality and one has to do with uh, how I grew up. Uh, I, my father was a kind of person who had a very rare quality about him of what I would call calm alacrity. Like he was calm in the sense that he never rushed. He was never in a hurry, uh, but he did things quickly because he didn't waste time. Uh, so if he would come to visit us, he would put down his suitcases and then immediately uh, go to the store to get some nails and whatever he needed to put up the bookshelves. <laughs> It's like he would, he, would, he would just like get busy. Uh, and, and I think that sense of being busy at every moment because You don't want to waste uh, any anything that's meaningful. You don't want to waste an opportunity for doing something meaningful. Um, at, at the end of his life, uh, actually, the last word he said as he was was dying, you know, he he couldn't speak anymore, but he asked for someone to write down what he was saying on a piece of paper, and we're listening to him and writing A C, you know, and we're as he's as he's managing to to say say another word, another letter, and another letter, and we he spelled the word accept. You know, it wasn't just um, accept the fact that I'm leaving you now, you know, but accept everything in life as as something that is an opportunity, as part of your life. It has a purpose, even if you can't always see what it is. And accept every person as well. You know that was how he lived his whole life. Um, so, so that was that was a, a good model that I had to go by. But in addition, I think there's something about my particular personality that contributed to it because I was always curious about why did we do what we do in our family or don't do what other people do. You know, and I, I wanted to understand that, and, and I wanted to um, go to a school where I could study more about my religion and, you know, why, why we do what we do. I wanted it to be my choice and not just because that was what I learned from my parents. So I made those kind of choices where like, where I had to do it myself. So I had a lot of that defiant power in me, which logotherapy talks about where it's not just knowing that you have a choice, but, but defying what other people might say that you think is not good for you or, defying even your own bad tendencies and say, okay, I don't care if I'm afraid, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, that kind of, that kind of defiance. Um, so, so when my kids also had various situations where other people wanted to make decisions about them and, and I disagreed, you know, so I stood up for them, you know, and I stood up for myself also where 
maybe in a relationship, I was reluctant to share my feelings. And I talked to myself, you know, that kind of internal conversation. No, this is important. So I should share my feelings. And I also, for example, uh, did things that were unusual. You know, like I, when I was in, in high school, I uh, set out on a program to learn to read without glasses. And I, and I actually succeeded in improving my eyesight uh, for, for a while. Uh, so, so that was the kind of child that I was, I guess. And, uh, and, and every time I saw that I didn't listen to my conscience, it was a disaster. You know, so, so I've, I've also learned from my mistakes in life. Uh, and, and I understood that all the challenges you have in life are just the trajectory of everything you need. These parents, this school, this kind of nature, it's all part of what you need because you have a unique destiny and unique challenges in order to be able to meet that destiny. Wow, how powerful is that, Batya? Mm -hmm. And I can yeah. feel you have really, um, from very early on, chosen to live um, the path of consciousness, yeah. really. And I think, would you say what you were also telling us about standing up and for yourself? Would you say mm -hmm. that is a skill that you can develop or is it rather an attitude? It's both. You First of all, you have to have the attitude that you trust your own inner voice, which a lot of times people lose that trust because they're so busy just um, blindly following authorities outside of themselves. And they... You need to learn that, that you have a sense of, of conscience, a sense of what's right for you, a sense of what's right and wrong. And um, you need to trust that. And uh, so, so it is the attitude towards yourself, that attitude of trust and attitude of trust in life. But there's also the uh, cultivating the skill of actually doing it, of actually standing up for yourself. It's not always easy because it takes guts a lot of times to stand up for yourself. It takes going against the, the grain. And that's not always oh. easy. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody can relate to that. And, yes. and But yeah, would you say that this attitude that we need to develop, this muscle we need to train, would you say now nowadays in these times also in the context of social media where it's mm -hmm. all about approval and acknowledgement and likes and followers etc do you think this has become even more difficult yes there's no question about it so we need to get a hold of ourselves and actively say no or yes to whatever we want to say no or yes to we can't We can't just allow ourselves to be dragged along by, by the stream. You know, we, you have to make a conscious decision about it. Yeah, I think that's why I think it's so incredibly important what, you, what you're teaching. But yeah, um, before you tell us more about logotherapy, I would really like to know if you would be sharing a pivotal moment in your personal life with us when you really needed meaning? Well, one time in my life, I had a certain health challenge where I, I had to make uh, choices. And uh, it, it, was, it was interesting because I said to myself, how can I know what to do 
if I don't know the future. And then I stopped and I listened to what I just said and I realized how silly it sounded. And I thought, wait a minute, nobody knows the future. <laughs> you, 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 need to, you need to use your, your sense of what, what just feels right to you. Uh, and, and so that was, that was a pivotal moment for me. Great. Let's dig a little bit deeper into logotherapy. Millions of people have read Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. However, logotherapy is something not so many people are familiar with. And I really want to contribute to changing that. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us, please, Batya, about the word itself and also what exactly we can learn in logotherapy. Right. Okay, so the word logotherapy comes from the word logos, which means meaning in Greek. And the idea is that logos uh, is sometimes translated as the word, oh, may, maybe even the word with which the world was created. You know, it's, it's something that's beyond logic. It's something uh, very deep and intuitive. So it, what I was saying before about, about trusting your, your intuitive sense And, and Frankel um, explained that there are three principles, the three ideas that are, that are very basic, which is the freedom of will, the will to meaning, and meaning in life. So freedom of will means that we are free beings. We are, we are able to uh, decide uh, what attitude we should take towards the situation, who we want to be, Know, and how we want to respond. So we, um, we are not just helpless and, and hopeless, you know, as if everything that happened to us in the past determines and dictates uh, how we're going to be now. You know, in those like early patterns of behavior, we, we can decide that we want to change them. You know, change is not always easy. It's a process, right? But, but just to know that you can always um, choose. You can always change. You can always, um, you can always um, find uh, something that you can do. You know, e even if you can't always do everything about a situation. There was someone in one of my uh, classes who was very Zoom weary. You know, she was like because mm -hmm. of COVID. You know, it was always meetings all the time, and and she said they're so boring. And uh, and then she stopped. She said, "Wait a minute." Logotherapy. <laughs> okay, um, I can choose and I can look at this this group as a group that I can connect to as a kind of community, and and I can uh, I can feel how how I'm contributing to it, and uh, and I can uh, you know feel feel like they're they're friends. So uh, so that changed her whole attitude as soon as she did that. You know, so, you know, that's only became interesting because it was something she could connect to. So you see how in, in an instant you can just change your attitude. You, so you have that. Frankel said you're always free. If you can't change a situation, then you're challenged to change yourself. And, and so you're always free to change your attitude. Just changing your attitude towards something changes everything. Um, so that's the idea of freedom. The, the idea of the um, will to meaning is that we have a will, you know, that, that we do um, want something deeper than, than just uh, vanilla, vanilla or chocolate ice cream. You know, there's something, something in us that recognizes values and, and recognizes 
uh, what will make you feel good about yourself, you know, and, and what you think is, is the right thing to do. Right. So we have that, we have that will within us. And, um, the third is that we, that, that there's meaning that we can always find meaning. Um, because if you think about it, it, since I said before, you know, meaning is always in the moment is always something you can choose and always something you can do. Well, then that means that, that there's always meaning there, right? Because meaning only becomes real once you do something. So instead of thinking that you're looking for meaning and gee, where do I find it? Right. It, it, it's really the, the, uh, key is, is, in, is with you because all you have to do is um, do something meaningful and then, and then it will be meaningful. How does logotherapy help somebody with a tragic event like um, he's in the wheelchair or yeah. experienced a loss of a beloved one um, or other really deep disruptions like right. trauma in, in, of any yeah. kind. How does yeah. logotherapy help there? So logotherapy posits that um, there is meaning in every single situation and there's meaning in suffering. Um, it, it's not a therapy which says, uh, we'll just think positive thoughts and then everything will be okay. Uh, you, you look suffering straight in the eye. You look at tragedy and you say, there's meaning there in the situation or, or despite the situation that, that, that when you, when you need to develop courage or fortitude or, or perseverance in the face of a, a tragic situation or a challenging situation, you're developing skills within yourself and that's meaningful, right? You're making yourself into someone that you could not be any other way. So it's not as if we say, suffering is good. Uh, what, what Frankel said is that, that you can recognize the tragedy as tragedy, but you need to also recognize that there's meaning in it. There's some kind of value that you can squeeze out of it, as, as he says. So someone who's in a wheelchair um, might say, now my grandchildren come over to visit and I'm not busy. Like I can, I can sit and, and be with them you know, because I can't move, right? Right. Like, so you can always find something good and something positive in, in every single situation. Now it's a lot harder if there's talking about a loss, you know, tr tragedy of, of a loss of someone. But, but even there, um, Frankel talked to a doctor who was really inconsolable over the loss of his wife. And he asked him, what would have happened if you had died first? you know, and then your wife had to grieve for you. And, and he said, oh my, you know, that would have just been horrible. She, she would not have been able to bear it. So mm -hmm. he said, well, then you see that sacrifice that you've made for her sake, you know, because she died first. So she didn't have to be the one to suffer. Right. And, uh, and, and, uh, he, he said, yes, that's, that's right. I'm, I'm willing to make that sacrifice. And, and he, quietly got up and walked away and he felt some sense of relief. Now it's not as if you can pick that out and, okay, now I'm going to use this tool and apply it to everybody. <laughs> you have to, you have to, you have to sense what would be meaningful for that person in that moment. And Frankel sensed that that was something that would be meaningful to him, that, that this value of sacrifice um, 
sacrifice is meaningful when it when it's for the it's when it's a meaningful sacrifice first of all it's not just arbitrary and and pointless but but it's for the sake of someone or something you love right and it so it has it has a value to it because because of that love for the person uh, so it doesn't matter if it wasn't in your control you know it's 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 meaningful nonetheless and in that context batya what makes yeah. logotherapy different from the psychotherapy and psychoanalysis by Sigmund Freud? So Frankel lived at a time of Freud and also Adler. And what he said was that Freud's psychoanalysis talked about the will to pleasure and Adler's individual psych, um, psychology talked about the will to power. So he said, both of those are true aspects of us, but it's digging in the basement you know, it, it, the unconscious drives, you know, the social pressures, the, the past, you know, the focus, mainly the focus on the self, right? What do I need and how can I get my needs met? Now, we do have needs that we do have to own that as part of us that we have, we have needs, right? But Frankel said that the spiritual part of the person actually empowers you to help you with the psychological part as well. You know, all of the power that you get from overcoming a difficulty is through focusing on, on your spiritual awareness and, and the meaning of something that's beyond yourself. So I like to say, do you focus on me or do you focus on meaning? That's the difference. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. a very great way to put it. So logotherapy definitely has done it for me when it came down to find meaning in my own life and on my own mm -hmm. growth path. What would a world look like in which all people seeked and found meaning? I think because people are looking beyond themselves to find the meaning, that's where the meaning is always there to be found. Uh, so it would not be such a self-centered world, an egotistical and narcissistic world. It, it would be a much kinder world, um, you know, you wouldn't have, uh, uh, this, this drive to, to get ahead of the other person, but people would be looking to, uh, uh seek, uh, how they can help each other instead of be being depressed. Um, people would have self-restraint and, um, you know, and you see even, even with children, children, uh, you know, they understand this too. Uh, I have a student who, who said that he, he went with his children to get some ice cream and, and then uh, they saw some uh, very poor children who were sitting on the curb. And uh, they said, like, you know, we, we feel like we, you know, we don't really need this. We'd like to give it to them. You know, it's like, so, so you see even children have this like instinct, uh, but, but it's a spiritual instinct as opposed to the other kinds of instinct uh, that they feel like, We we want to we wanna do what we can for the good of mankind. I mean, there's so many people in the world who, who have had this attitude and who still have the attitude today. Those, those are the people who are changing the world for the better. You know, the, 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 the sense of compassion, no violence, you know, sense of abundance, not scarcity, all of those things. We need that kind of um, human being more than ever as it seems mm -hmm. right now in these crazy, unstable times. And yeah. I also love your example from the children because I think there's nothing more powerful in parenting than being a model for living really 
what's important and what's not and what matters and what's not. Yes. Because mm -hmm. I feel we get so distracted by all that stuff that is just not important, right? Yes, yes. So, mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I want to say something else. I want to say something else. It's not just get distracted by what's not important, but the distortion of the way we see things. I, I had a... Uh, client once who was schizophrenic. And when I came to her door, she immediately said, go away. I don't want to see you, you know, go, go, go away, go away. <laughs> and, oh. and, you know, and, and, and I, and I understood that it wasn't because of me. She hadn't even met me yet, but it was because she um, didn't want to have any visitors. She, she felt uncomfortable with her whole situation that she needed a social worker to visit her, you know? So, so I always think of that when, when in any situation, when I think of someone, you know, I, that I have to remember, they're seeing it from their point of view, right? I can't see through a filter of my own wishful thinking and my own biased interpretation. I have to see them for who they are and, and for what, you know, for what they really need and their, their unheard cry for meaning. That's how you have to see the world. I love that really, but yeah, I wish I could send everybody to taking a course from you in logotherapy. Tell us more about what courses you have to offer. Okay. So we have courses from the introductory, which is where you apply logotherapy in your own life. And it's a, uh, a workshop kind of situation. It's a small group. It's online. Uh, so people really have a chance to share. And it, it's, it's not a, uh, a group where people have to be personal, but, but a lot of times they just want to be and they, you know, because they really learn from each other. Uh, and then we move on from there to the advanced where people bring cases that, of, of, that they've had with their clients. And sometimes people are, Uh, doctors or teachers or business people, they, they don't, they're not necessarily even therapists, uh, but they find someone that they can have a conversation with. And then we look at that conversation in a logotherapeutic perspective. Um, and so that's uh, over the course of six months. Uh, and then the diplomat courses where people do an independent study, they, uh, they research something and they, they, uh, talk about how it's applied with their clients and they, um, they make some kind of contribution to the, to the field that way. And where would you, where would we find your offers? Uh, so if you look at the, uh, website, the meaning um, and also if you write to me, um, batia.yaniger at gmail.com, um, so I can send you, I can send you the syllabus and the, the dates of the upcoming courses and our students are from all over the world, more than 24 countries now. And, and it's just so amazing. I, I just love connecting to people from all over the world and it helps me to realize what amazing people there are all over the world. Uh, you know, the, the, those people who are interested in logotherapy are always people who are looking for, um, a spiritual direction in life. So, uh, so it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun <laughs> teaching the courses and, and because mm -hmm. people, when they, when they finish the courses, they, they feel like they want to continue. So I have something now called logo community where it's on my, my Facebook page. Also, um, Victor Frankel Institute of logotherapy in Israel. 
where you can find when will be the next uh, meeting for that, uh, where, where anybody at all can join and there's no fee or anything. Well, I'll definitely put all that information in the description. And mm -hmm. um, it, it also shows, I think that's amazing. And it, it also shows that um, searching for meaning is a truly universal human desire, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to add? Uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to end with a quote by Elizabeth Lucas that I really like. Um, she said, the goal of logotherapy is to stimulate the flow of meaning fulfillment in individuals, to guide them to surrender to this flow, one that carries all that makes life worth living. Oh, my God, that is so deep. <laughs> yeah. Who is Elizabeth Lucas? So Elizabeth Lucas is a foremost logotherapist. She studied under Frankel. Um, Also, my teacher uh, and my mentor and colleague, uh, Dr. Taria Chantal, is a logotherapist that I learned from personally and uh, still am connected with. Um, but Elizabeth Lucas has written a lot of, a lot of books, uh, and uh, she's really uh, very an excellent, uh, excellent therapist. And uh, so, so you can find some of her videos online and uh, can learn a lot from her. Amazing. Amazing, Batya. But we can also learn a lot from you today. Thank you so much for being my guest on Before It's Too Late. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this profound conversation and I hope you did too. For more episodes of Before It's Too Late, make sure to subscribe. If this episode spoke to you, Consider sharing it with a friend or loved one you think might benefit from it. Thank you for listening. <laughs>